You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Good evening, everyone. It is the Wrestling Inc. SmackDown post-game show. It is January 17th, 2020. I am your host for the evening, Michael Wiseman, joined as I am every week by Matt Morgan, the one and only The Blueprint, Matt Morgan. And special guest tonight, we have the owner, the proprietor, the CEO, the Presidente of Wrestling Inc., Raj Geary in the house. Welcome, Raj. Thanks. Yeah, filling in for Glenn. He's got uh, a couple dates he won't be able to do SmackDown podcast over the next few weeks, so I'll, I'll be filling in uh, when he's not able to. So it's good to be here. This is a special treat, man. People ask for you every week in the podcast, in the chat room. They're like, where's Raj? You're not doing as many shows as of late. Well, I'd, I'd been in India, so. uh, but I'm, I'm back. I was back on Monday, so yeah, I'm good to go. He's, too big, he's big time in us is what he's doing. <laughs> That's right. He's we the us peons, bro. right, Matt? Me and you, the peons <laughs> yeah. of the... How you yeah. doing, Matt? Good. Good. Tired, but good. Good, man. What do you yeah. think of the night SmackDown? I was excited. Actually, you guys, I got called into Fox 35 here in Orlando because of, I guess, corporate wise enough was made that Kane was coming back to SmackDown tonight. Yeah. Um, I can always tell when something is hitting mainstream for them because they'll call me in to come like either do a recap on it or pre preview it coming up. Mm, you know, so I, as usual, whenever they do, I'd use that opportunity to plug everything that we've got coming up in my city here in Longwood. That's awesome. Um, to do it, which they're always cool with. Um, but uh, it was cool. I was able to show a couple of clips of me versus Kane when he came down to OVW to wrestle me to see if I was ready to be called up yet at the time. And uh, it was pretty cool. And I'll be honest, I, I don't know how the hell I missed it. I did not know Kane was coming back to SmackDown. And I was like, you guys sure? He was back like a month ago. He won the 24-7 title. Guys, this is old news. <laughs> no, he's coming back. Like, we heard it from corporate. I was like, hang on. So I pulled up Google, and I'm like, shit, Kane is advertised to come back tonight. It's terrible. How do I not know this? And um, so then we, it was cool, though. It was a big – my point is, though, you could tell it was a big enough deal um, when all of their satellite, whatever you want to call it, local affiliates, rather, started. Well, they did keep it kind of under the radar, too. I think he did come back for, like, a Raw, mm -hmm. but this special coming back thing was not heavily advertised as much as some other big returns are. So um, it's yeah. interesting. I, I got see, a question for you. Also, I can see the synergy there because Kane's a mayor and then having you on, definitely. you're, you know, you're oh, a mayor. Obviously, I left that part out. But, yeah, definitely that's what they led with, yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah but, I mean, like, Matt, I mean, how? You right? know, you're the only two wrestling mayors right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. But in my head, I'm like, how the hell did I know King was coming back? How did, <laughs> when did I miss this? Right. This is a pretty big commitment, though. And that's what I wanted to ask you, Matt, is uh, to Raj's point about you being a traveling mayor or, or, or a wrestling mayor, I should say. 
how easy is it to like do something like this to jump back in there? He's got a city to govern, right? He's going to jump back in the ring. Not easy. What he did tonight was easy, though. Luckily, so yeah. Um, but the traveling and the time away, yeah. But you set you set yourself up for that. You make sure that you get everything accomplished that you got to get accomplished. The only thing is, is it, when it can hit the fan, it always seems to hit, hit the fan. Um, and all, all you need is your phone and your computer, things like that, and put people in charge of being able to handle the things that you can do, your city manager generally. Sure. Well, that way, yeah, you can get away and go do the things. And um, I think it's awesome. I mean, kudos kudos to you for balancing this and everything else you do, Matt. And um, it's cool. I mean, I don't know. It's cool to see Kane back, right? So the show did open up um, live. I was going to get the plug in here. Greensboro, North Carolina, in my backyard. Um, historic arena, right? This is where the This Is Your Life segment took place, the highest rated segment in Raw history. So uh, I was going to get that plug in there. But tonight's show did open up with Kane coming down and cutting a promo. Um, on the fiend, right? And today that's back and forth um, with Bray Wyatt, Firefly Funhouse showing up and saying, you know, kind of like they had unfinished business here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Kane got out of the ring when the lights went down, which I thought he looked really dumb to do. Um, and the fiend appeared. Uh, what was your take on this segment, Matt? Oh, I thought he outsmarted the fiend. He beat, okay. He he, bait, he baited him. He, he baited him to because he knew he was going to come through the ring. Right. And Kane has supernatural powers when lights go out, too. And he didn't leave the ring. He teleported out of the ring. Let's get this straight. If Undertaker can teleport when lights go out. Don't mess this up for me, dude. Um, don't ruin this for me. He teleported out of the ring. Because- Those lightning bolts are real that they showed on TV. They happen in the arena, too, right? Yes. Settle down. Um, so so my point is he baited him, though, is what the way I read that and I watched that. He baited Bray Wyatt. And um, to set up his buddy, his old tag partner, Daniel Bryant, to go in behind and do his thing. Yeah. Uh, one thing you mentioned there in Greensboro, North Carolina, that's about a four and a half hour drive from Knox County, Tennessee. So it's not too bad. It's a super short flight. Oh, yeah. so, so it's not too far from where Kane uh, lives. So um, but- there's nothing you're doing there, by the way. I mean, unless he's making an appearance at the same time. Right. It's, it's, yeah. It's this. All your work is being done on this and on your computer, your laptops. Right. And I would assume a Friday night maybe isn't quite as like you have to be on call unless something happens quite as much. Uh, Matt, to your point, I, I, I do. I agree. I like that Kane was outside of the ring. The only part I didn't like is he's outside the ring, but he's holding a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> you know, waiting for the attack while holding the mic. But outside of that, uh, you know, I, I did think Kane sounded like if you had the video turned off, you would have thought Kane sounded a lot like The Undertaker at the beginning with the way he was delivering the lines. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a super cool segment. Uh, Really liked it. Always cool to see Kane back, and even better seeing him with Daniel Bryan. It was uh, it was just a great way to open the show. Yeah, Team Hell No, I know is a big big pull for you, right, Raj? I was a big fan. I, I love those uh, segments. You do, you don't see uh, you know segments like that anymore, where you're finding two guys who are completely different with just great chemistry, and it's been a while since we've seen that. I like to hear they pulled on the history quite a bit. Kane talked about the Royal Rumble being his favorite night of the year, which, you know, everybody says this this time of the year, but he talked about it from the perspective of eliminations and what he's accomplished in that match over his decades in WWE. And I thought that was a really nice touch to sell this event and how big this event really is to the stars, even though it's Kane, right? I mean, this, he's a legend. It, it still makes it feel that much bigger because he is a legend. So, um, all in all, I like this. Daniel Bryan does get the upper hand. He got the dreadlocks at the end. 
Um, Matt, how are you feeling about, we've talked a lot about The Fiend on this show. How are you feeling about Daniel Bryan versus The Fiend in this upcoming strap match now at the Royal Rumble? Fine. Um, you know, it's going to be a great match. I did not like The Fiend, um, you know, uh, running away from Daniel Bryan. Though. Sure. Is that the first time that's happened? The first that I recall. Yeah, that he's run away from someone. He may have done it as, you know, Bray Wyatt maybe, but this is the first time I've seen him do it as The Fiend, I believe. Either way, even if it's not, I don't like it ever. Yeah. And they made a big deal about this on the announce team did, about the fact that Daniel Bryan came back up with the dreadlocks, and I thought that was a weird thing there, unless it's kind of like, I don't know, in some way he's shedding, he's showing weakness, was kind of my interpretation of that. So it well, seems it was, like... You know, The Fiend cut Daniel Bryan's hair and now... Daniel Bryan got a little bit back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just it was kind of like his dread. Uh, yeah, I could see that. I totally. It just seems like a weird. I don't know. Getting somebody's dreadlocks is a weird thing. But um, I, I agree, Matt. Him him getting away or running away does not seem like where the fiend uh, should be. Mm-hmm. But I like this. Kane could be interesting here. A strap match seems kind of random. Uh, unless <laughs> you know, I didn't miss a couple episodes. I was about to say the same thing. I was actually going to say, did I miss something that is making them have a strap match? Like, right. Yeah. What happened? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I would have expected. I don't know, like a cage match or something where he can't, you know, be doing his spooky stuff. Teleportation, yeah. Yeah. Or even just a, a hardcore match of some type where they can break down the ring or, or whatever else would be interesting. I will say this. <clears throat> Daniel Bryan's promo to set up that match. Um, we talk about scripted promos in WWE, but Daniel Bryan, he cuts one hell of a promo when he gets into this. And I thought his promo immediately following this segment was amazing. It was. It was. You're right. Very fast. Yeah. So we come back from commercial. Um, we get to see John Morrison coming out. John Morrison back with his slow motion entrance, which we did not get last week. So that was um, very comforting to see. And we had Big E versus John Morrison in a, a pretty good match here. Um, John Morrison goes over. Matt, what do you think about this Big E John Morrison uh, showdown here? Dude, John was one of my favorite opponents to have like an OVW practice class. We'd always have to have a practice. We always have to have a match every single day uh we do drills all day we do all this different crap right and then finally we would end it with like generally like a 20 minute match every day and um john was one yeah by far my favorite opponent because he john works better versus big guys hmm. he can do all of his cool stuff um but he also flip-flops and flies around the ring for you on the cell when it's time and um he's just a very 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 fun opponent for bigger guys and i was like oh biggie's gonna love this even though he's not going over um i remember thinking to myself this, this is gonna make biggie look better he'll, he'll make biggie look good um i like that they went to a slow-mo intro i'm like how the freak did they not do this last week what in the hell are you doing that you know you only have one chance to make well a second impression for i guess because it's <laughs> but do you know what I mean? Like, how did you not start with this last week, you buffoons? Like, he's, he's that's one of the basic tenets of who John Morrison is: is the slow motion intro, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah I had thought uh, Morrison's return had been a little underwhelming so far, considering you know he's kind of a he's a big enough name that I would have thought it'd be have more of an impact than announcing him as being on backstage and you know like having him be yeah, a big I surprise for something. I hated that he was on backstage. Yeah. What was the other one? No, and the bump. Bump of all things fired me up. Yeah. So I, I honestly, I was like, I wouldn't be surprised if they had Biggie beat him here, just because of same here. <laughs> I was worried they were going to have him beat him too. I swear, yeah. to God, they don't see him on the level that he is all across the world. Right. 
they see him on the intercontinental level and nothing, no higher is what I'm fearful of with him. Right. And seeing him out there, he just looked like a superstar. Like he, he has the look, he has a, he has the physique. I mean, he, he has everything. Um, and so I was relieved when he beat Big E. That makes all the sense in the world. We'll give it a few weeks. You know, we you, every now and then you'll see them give a guy a win the first week, and then all of a sudden they're beating him all, right off the bat. I hope they don't do it that with Morrison. Uh, he, he looked good here. He looked great. Uh, it is funny that with Big E, Kofi, The Miz, and Morrison out there, the one guy that hasn't had a world title yeah. is Big E. Because Morrison, you, you know, he's had the Impact world title mm-hmm. and ECW. I know those don't really count, but. Uh, Big E's kind of got that out there. Don't but. tell Tessa Blanchard that. Huh. Right. <laughs> it's a preview for later in the show. We'll get yeah, to it. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, Morrison, he, he's a he's a stud. E. Huben I know you butcher your name every week. Thanks for joining us. Um, comments in the chat room. But do casual viewers know him? That's what makes me sad. And I think to Raj's point here, John Morrison does have all this. He's got WWE cred. He's got uh, worldwide cred from Impact, from Lucha Underground, from everywhere else. And yet WWE brings him in in this very low-key way, and I think it undersells everything he's accomplished everywhere else, and even in WWE itself for that long run he had before. And it seems like you're leaving money on the table when you do that. I think tonight's match, you guys are right, does get him closer back to that star power that he he is capable of and should have. Um, and and they did a, I mean, this was a long match. I gave it two commercial or at least one commercial break. Mm-hmm. Um, these guys got some real time to work. Got to, got to showcase a lot of great moves from John Morrison. I mean, just he got to go into his whole arsenal here, which I thought was really good for this. And to, and to that point about if this fan base knows him, it hasn't been that long. It's been, what, seven years? So granted, there are a lot of new fans in that time who probably wouldn't know who he is. But the pop that he got and everything and, and when they announced the match, it shows that a lot of people knew who he was. And and he was there at a time when a lot more people watched wrestling and yeah. a lot more people watched WWE. Their ratings were like three times – their viewership was like three times what it is now. I will say this, though. I said this on Twitter. Um, the uh, the whole thing about John Morrison uses every part of the ring is starting to become like y'all remember when Vladimir Kozlov was wrestling and Michael Cole would constantly say um, mm. Vladimir Kozlov uses every part of his body all the time during the match. They are starting to overuse that with the John Morrison. It's just a small nitpick there. It's like we get it, guys. He's a parkour champion. <laughs> you know, every part of the ring, right? What does that actually mean? So after the commercial break, um, they talk about how King Corbin, um, the stipulation for the night's main event, of course, was King Corbin um, would get to pick the stipulation if Robert Roode beat Roman Reigns in a table match. If Roode lost, Reigns would get to pick it. Um, We got to see afterwards uh, the Usos backstage with Roman Reigns and and kind of this, you know, seeing the team back together, the family back together. Um, And they asked him, you know, Reigns, what's your stipulation going to be? And he says, I'll tell everybody else at the same time. Um, The Usos and Roman Reigns, are back together. And I don't know, Matt, how are you thinking? I mean, this is where they needed to bring the Usos back in, right? As a tag team partner to Roman Reigns. Yeah. Well, yeah, definitely. Can you put that uh, super chat one back up real quick? I'm yeah. Sorry. A disturbed individual donated $2. Thank you. Disturbed individual. He wrote, hell yeah, they know Johnny Nitro. <laughs> <laughs> um, good one. Um, Yeah, this was cool. But like when you're saying like back with the family and like, we know that they're family and they grew up together and that whole night, but as far as like tagging together, I've never really like, they ain't the four horsemen. They're not like, right. like the X or some click that are like back together. And I'm like, Oh my God. Yeah. Right. But for the Usos, I do. I like the new look actually. Um, I, I just think you need to let them talk. 
I think you can't go wrong letting the Usos talk yeah. more. Yeah, I think this is uh, I think this is great for everyone. It, it gives Roman a spark. Uh, the Usos feel like bigger stars now, having been off TV for a while and coming back. Yeah. They, you know, they they feel bigger. Um, so I know they had some issues uh, during their time away, but now that they're back, I think it's helped them. I mean, you know, I think almost all wrestlers would benefit from getting a little time off yep. and then getting a little refresh. So you're seeing that here. I think, too, these guys came back with a little bit of baggage, right, because of what happened with the, the drunk driving and, and everything else. We won't get into all that. So I think it was really important. Do you I? Just did. You just did get into it. Well, I said, well, yeah, well, I, I brought it up. We'll get into all which of everything that found, happened. He was found not guilty, actually. which is Right. Um, and 100% correct. Let's put that out there just because Matt's right. I brought it up. He was found not guilty. But still in the fans' eyes sometimes – Right, they hear the rumors online, and that creates this aura of baggage. Even if it, even if it's fair for it to exist or not, mm-hmm. some fans still view that. So I think it's smart too to bring these guys back with a main eventer like Roman, who has kind of been pretty bulletproof as of late. Yeah, and it, that you know, if the if there is any baggage, it hasn't translated to television. Yes, it, it, it's going to be online, but on TV, they got huge pops. I mean, they mm-hmm. they seem like superstars out there. Yeah, and again, let me clarify, these guys were, he was found not guilty, but some fans still like to stir the pot. So I think, again, I'm glad to see them being positioned like this and and not getting any heat for that. we got the Usos versus the Revival. This match didn't get a whole lot of time, not as much time as I would have thought, but it was a pretty pretty quick, pretty quick bout here. The Usos pick up the win. Matt, how did you feel about uh, this match? I wish this was longer. Like, this was a match I wish was actually longer. I could watch these four go all day. They're freaking awesome. And they have good chemistry. Um, but right when I started getting into it, it ended. <laughs> yeah. um, you know? So, I don't know. Great tag teams. Great tag team wrestling, I thought. Yeah, I think WWE is just really trying to make the Revival look like nothing right now. Uh, they are. Seems like the Revival, their contracts are coming up in a few months. Um, and they're doing what they can to make it, you know, relegate them to look like just guys. And so, it won't the work. way you do it. It won't work. They'll still go to AEW oh. and they'll blow up. It won't matter. Sometimes well, it, it has the opposite effect. It gets people sympathetic you know, yep. to the guys leaving. Exactly, man. Yep. Well, the announce team did put over heavily. These guys are in a quote-unquote slump, right? And and it, it did make the Usos look good here. So I hated that it was at the Revival's expense, but the Usos did yeah. look good in the win. Yeah. Uh, but they were putting over the the Revival slump and how, you know, there's Corey Graves saying how they're sliding for so many weeks. And then after the match, we got this promo being cut um, by Dash and Dawson. And they talked about how they've had enough of the way they've been treated, the way WWE tag teams have been treated, and it's time for a change, basically. And to me, this was a corporate promo. It was scripted that way, I'm sure. I don't know, guys. I, I think that I, we know maybe they're upset with their main roster status. Could we see these guys go down to NXT? I don't know, but they better deliver. You can't say that. It feels like I've heard this promo before. Sure. It's, I feel like I've heard this three or four times from them, if I'm not mistaken, to some degree. So they've got to do something with them. They can't just hate. I hate when they have wrestlers cut this kind of promo. And then there's no follow-up on it. It kills that wrestler dead in the water. Heel face, I don't care what they are. It kills the wrestler's credibility. Wait, who cut this promo? I I, I think I missed this. <clears throat> so right afterwards, um, we Dawson says, if the company won't make a change and the revival will, they have to make some kind of change. Dash says something similar. It's right before we saw um, Lacey Evans beating on Sasha okay, Banks in yeah. the back. That got interrupted. 
But to Matt's point, they did say they're going to make a change, and I think they kind of laid it out there. It's the expectation something's going to happen. Yeah, I mean. Uh... And here's the other question real quick. They're saying it in a working way then because – what need? What are you guys pissed off? You lost the match, <laughs> right? So, like, what are you? What are you saying? Are you saying that it's not real? And somebody told you you had to lose tonight? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> right. So, how's that going to change then? What are you going to do? You're going to take the pen out of the freaking promoter's hand and just write in W after your name instead of L? What are you going on the paper? What are you going to do? That's different. Well, if you look at it from their perspective, these guys are all fists, no flips, right? And Jimmy and Jay do tend to use the tag team stipulations very loosely. They both get double teams in there and all this kind of jazz. So in the heels mind, they were wronged, right? Because the opposing team liberally used the rules, I guess is what you could say. Oh, okay. I guess. I didn't see. I didn't. Is that what happened? And I just missed it. Yeah. So they they um they got a double. They, the the match ended with a double team, right? There was like a something that happened near the end, a double super kick, and I think that's what pissed them off. Even though they have a double tag team finisher as well. Well, if it you know if this is all a swerve and the revival actually resigned, you know that could always you know I I remember suggesting last year uh, that they get Arn Anderson you know as a manager and you know yeah. it gives them a, a spark. Yeah. So getting someone like that, uh, getting someone to be their manager, someone like a little old school, Arn's gone, but uh, uh, gosh, who else it, is there? Orton. Orton was the perfect one. Yeah. yeah. And he's still an active wrestler. Right. No, that that would have been a cool faction, but now Orton's on Raw. But, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, if if they did something like that, it would it'd definitely give them a spark and, and get them back uh, – Get them back, you know, in in the in the mix. They don't need a spark, though. So it's like they need to get W's, like ten of them in a row, right. and go back to what every one of us know them as as one of the most the best tag team in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Raj, you said this earlier, which is uh, the, the I mean, to Matt's point, wins wins and losses matter here, right? Oh, and oh. WWE has this habit of using their tag team champions to lose to put over somebody else, and so the champions lose a lot. Um, to make somebody who's not a champion look good. And it's just this really backwards way to look at it. That's effective when you sparingly, but like earlier in the night, you know, we saw Kofi Kingston and Big E essentially lose, right? Yeah. And uh, John Nelson pointing out, didn't the revival just do this like months ago? I feel like they have. Yes. <laughs> totally. So yeah. after, so this uh, segment was in the uh, saying, I would pay for Cornette Maddie. Cornette. I would <laughs> not. <laughs> Me too, Natalie. <laughs> that would be, yeah. that would be awesome. WWE's corporate structure would never allow Cornette to come back in that role at this time, right? We can, we can um, We uh, had this this uh, promo was um, <laughs> there. We go. Disturbed, Disturbed individual wrote Marty Janetti will join the revival. <laughs> Um, this, this, uh, backstage interview was interrupted, um, around the corner, just fortunately. Oh, here we go. Mark is with the best quote here. Revival belong on power, NWA power. I would, yes, I would pay money for that. Um, and we got to see Sasha Banks, um, being beat up by Lacey Evans happened to be right around the corner. Thank goodness. Right. That we could capture that on camera. Um, um did, did this seem odd to anyone? Like, like they're covering an injury or something. Hmm. Huh, I'd thought about that. I don't know. I was suplexing my kid in the bed at the time. <laughs> I'm dead serious. Um, so I didn't, right. there was a little nuance that I missed, maybe. I didn't. Yeah. What, what makes you say that? Say why you said, why do you think? Just, you know, whenever they do, like, just Sasha wasn't in action last week, just kind of taking her out of the match. It seems very like, like a non serious injury. Like she's just not cleared yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. 
I thought it seemed weird that Lacey would go attack Sasha from the perspective of Lacey's kind of a true blue good girl, right? Um, right. It, it just seemed like a way to get Sasha out of the yeah. match. And so you would think that there's a reason for that. Yeah. So uh, after this, we got to recap what's been happening between Mandy Rose and Otis. Um, and we got to find out that uh, Mandy Rose wanted Otis at ringside later in the evening. So we'll, we'll talk about how that turns out here in a little bit. Um, and then we come back, Bailey and Sasha Banks in the trainer's room. And that's where, to Raj's point, Banks has a hurt ankle. Um, and Bailey's line here, which I laughed at, which I don't think I was supposed to, which is where Bailey threatened to uh, make Lacey Evans a stay-at-home mom in a real aggressive and, and tough tough voice. So Adam Pierce comes out, sets up a match for later in the night, Bailey versus Lacey Evans. But again, I think Bailey here did not look as strong as they wanted her to look. Sasha looked like the cool badass, you know, heel here. Um, she was playing up her new rap album. I didn't think Bailey looked as strong in this promo. Yeah. Uh, Michael Edwards saying, I think it's teasing Sasha playing Bailey, making Bailey do all the hard work for her. I hope that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That'd be pretty funny. That would be. Um, because Bailey needs to turn back baby face. Uh, her heel run is doing nothing. And Sasha's great at being a heel. So that would be a, that could be a money feud. Well, this dynamic did feel like that in play here, right? Or Sasha's sitting up on the table, propped up. She's relaxing, and she can't wrestle because she's got all these important, you know, she's hurt, and she's got lots of stuff to do. Her star power is rising, and, and Bailey's the one. She, and she did tweet Sasha Lesnar. Did you see that? Kind no, of I did not. Poking fun at how little she she wrestles. So that was kind of funny. So so after this, we got Bailey versus Lacey Evans. Um, they gave these two some, some real good time to work, and I thought Lacey looked really good in this. Lacey picked up the non-title win after the woman's right. Matt, um, what do you think about Lacey Evans showing here against Bailey? Great, awesome. This is how she should be booked. Yeah, I, I think that, I, I totally think they should have Lacey getting the win. I just think they beat champions so often that when Corey Graves is, is yelling, "So and so just beat the so and so champion," it just doesn't mean anything anymore because it happens every other week. It happens all the time. That like it, it did not feel like a big deal that Lacey beat back, you know Bailey, and it should. So, I just think they beat the champions way too often. I'd like well, to see she should be their champion either. <laughs> she shouldn't. I, I mean, I think this has been really good for Lacey, though. I think they've given, I yeah. feel like, and disagree here, they've given her enough time to build up that street cred that a win like this, I 100% agree, champions get beat too much. But also, Lacey's been given the time to get here that this felt like a bigger moment, not because of Bailey, right? But because of what Lacey has accomplished to get here. Yeah, I'd like to see them pivot Lacey a little more away from the sassy Southern Belle to more playing on her military background as far as her char- you know, her her character and everything goes. I'm not saying she should wear camouflage or anything in the ring, but you know, you know. I, I think they will, right? I, I think they just can't do it overnight. Right. Um, I think they'll get there, but they have they are talking. Yeah, yeah, to your point, Matt, they are talking about it a lot more. They're they're, they're leaving a lot of money on the table if they don't get there all the way, mm-hmm. because that is money. And it's real. Right. And she's been, I also give her props too for, I think she's come a long way in the ring too. I mean, she was pulling off her timing tonight. Some of the moves she was pulling off go back a year ago and, and it would have just was not that fluid, was not that smooth. So I think she's put in the work. Yeah. As Savan Varvar in her chat room is pointing out, Lacey Evans has improved so much in the ring. Matt, have you, I mean, you're the wrestler here. I want to lean into your expertise. I mean, how do you feel about Lacey's evolution? I thought Lacey, Lacey, like a lot of people always say that. They, for whatever I'm raising, they say it a lot about the female talent, I've noticed. Okay. Um, I don't necessarily think that's fair. I think that undersells a lot of them. 
Um, and Lacey's one of them. Lacey was a stud from day one in, in, in that factory, factory, good Lord, um, at, the, at the performance center. She was a stud there. She was so good that I sent um, one of my friends there, uh, six foot, um, just jacked uh, female bodybuilder there. And she was there. And Lacey was one of the instructors. She was one of the coaches there. She hadn't even been called up yet. Mm. So to be in that situation where you're helping um, uh, initiate and run the drills of a tryout camp, it means that WWE believes that they, they believe in you and you know a little bit about what you're doing. Yeah, because she, she's gotten way better. She definitely has. But she wasn't like me, mm. somebody who was like some wide-eyed, you know, deer in headlights, you know, jacked up dude who just got called up because he looked huge and wasn't ready yet and only had six months of training. Um before being thrown in the Survivor Series um, hmm. versus her, who right from day one has been able to accomplish the hardest thing there is to do in pro wrestling, in my opinion, and that is throw a believable-looking punch. And she's been able to do it from day one on that roster. I mean, when she got called up, too. I think we undersold A lot of people undersold her. Um, but to, to that guy's comment, she has improved, but she wasn't like some ham and egg, as Bobby Heenan would say, when she first got called up. Yeah, that's fair. And she, um, the the one thing I will say, I mean, Matt, we've talked about this, you know, like a year ago. We were saying like Lacey is a natural baby face when they get there. To me, it still seems too soon for her to be a baby face. She was getting really hot as a heel. She was doing great. Super. She hadn't even been on the main roster a year doing that character. Uh, really? Yeah. She, she debuted, uh, you know, oh, last right. year with <clears throat> Becky after WrestleMania. She's so, such heat too, man. She's such a good heel. Yeah, I, I felt like they didn't go. They didn't get all of that out, of, you know, all of that out of her that uh, yeah, you're they right. could have. So, but but I, you know, I I think this has more legs on it though. I mean, I feel like that she is coming. I think that was a part she could play, and that Raj, you're right, she was getting some behind it. But this feels like a more natural glove for her. So then, what happens is my question. They go all. They've got to keep the Southern Bell there then, because they're one day going to go back to her being healed. They should yeah. go from GI Joe or GI you know, GI Jane. We'll say back to you know, the, the, the sassy Southern bell six months later when they turn her heel again, or a year later when they turn her heel again, you see what I'm saying? So I yeah. think maybe that's why they've not fully have her go in that direction. Maybe that's why we answered our own question. Even maybe yep. because I've been asking that too. Like, why don't they have her go all in with the military background stuff? Everybody loves legitimate heroes and every sure. heroes in our life. And she's one of them. Why are they not over? They're talking about it in the announce team. That's great, but they need to be doing more. I kept thinking each week. Mm-hmm. I think, and I, I want to build on something you said earlier, Matt, too, about the way women wrestlers are treated. I think we do take for granted sometimes how many great and and Lacey Evans is definitely you know she's been tremendous, but how many great women's wrestlers we have and how great women's wrestling has gotten. And I think we still nitpick it for whatever reason. But like you can take the women that are wrestling right now and and go back. 10 years ago, right? And there were some great women and there were some not so great women on the roster a decade ago. And it seems like now we nitpick even the great ones because we it's kind of a, you know, we have so many riches out there. I don't think we, nit, I don't know. I feel like it, we don't really nitpick the, the great women's wrestlers. We great, we nitpick the booking, you know, and, and yeah. they're booking them. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, the, the way they've been booking him is, I think, has been pretty piss poor since WrestleMania. <laughs> and there's been nothing close to a main event on a pay per view. Uh, I meant more the comment Matt made about how they evolve in the ring, right? Mm-hmm. Matt was kind of calling out how how great Lacey was 
even when she came up, right? And people are still saying, myself included, she's got some work to do. And I think we we just take for granted how how much the bar, all these women have raised the bar so much in the last few years. It's it's just incredible. I just think, yeah. But to be yeah. fair, like what I just said is my comment. You guys, didn't, I mean, no offense, but you had no idea. You didn't know no idea that she was being asked to be an actual coach, right? And judge on incoming talent before she herself even got called up, which says she's ahead of the pack and going to be a huge megastar when she does get called up to SmackDown or Raw one day. They don't let any talent just do that. <laughs> True, actually, developmental talent has not been called up yet. Do you know what I mean? So yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Zook Enigma is saying, uh, thanks for the uh, donation. He, she, he's saying Lacey debuted at the Rumble. She still looks shaky. She debuted at the Rumble, but it was like Zook, when Rusev was in the Rumble, you know, before Zook, he I'm just going to call you out. Zook, you're a pot stirrer. I, you're, this is the dude who's going <laughs> to our comments every once in a while trying to stir the pot. Thanks for coming. <laughs> We appreciate your money, but I think Matt's saying don't stir the pot. And real quick, uh, Matt, to your no, point about the, the, you know playing at the military gimmick, we've never, at least in WWE, we've never had a military gimmick for a woman before that I can think of. No, not that I can think of. I'm sure someone will point one out, but not off the top of my head. At least in WWE, or uh, and I'm not talking about like major guns in WCW. <laughs> no, like major a, guns. A legit... no. <laughs> oh my uh, gosh. A legit military uh, female on a uh, on a nationwide show, so. So after the uh, women's match here, we had an interview with Shorty G backstage who says he's learned to accept who he is. And um, Jesus Christmas. We, um, yeah, this is again one of those moments where he, you know, they were talking about the Seamus attack and how that was unprovoked. Um, G, G goes on about embracing yourself, right? Um, so Shorty G wa- or, or Seamus walks in during this interview segment and acts like he can't see G because of his height. Um, they talk trash at one another. And then Shorty G takes Seamus down um, and, and kind of gets the upper hand here in this brawl and it's broken up. Um, Raj, what are you, what are you thinking about Shorty G these days? I mean, he's there to get Seamus over, right? Seamus is clearly going to beat him at the Royal Rumble, but Hey, he's got a singles match at the Royal Rumble. I mean, that's, that's Wait, a pretty big deal. There's not going to be many singles matches you, on that card. So you think it's, I call me crazy. I thought maybe it might be the other way around. No, you, you no think way, she, right. Seamus has been gone since April. I would think that you would think, and he looks like a million bucks. He's, you know, he screams main event talent by himself as a singles act, right? He's a mm-hmm. former world champion. You're right, all that great stuff. But Shorty G, they got to do something with him, right? Yeah, and you know what? I mean, to keep it going, they could, you know, have Shorty G beat him here, and then Seamus gets the win later. <sighs> that's what they do with the fifty-fifty bullshit. Yeah. Justin Lopez. But that's what they love to do. Super commenter here says, I still refuse to call that man Shorty G. <laughs> gotta, you got to embrace yourself here, Justin. Come on, man. You it's gotta... not himself. They're telling him that's who he is. It's a BS. Like the power. Pointing out that. Call yourself that. Yeah. I did like to see that Shorty G took Sheamus down with a wrestling move, which I thought was a, a nice way to sell that Shorty G still has that technical acumen, right? He didn't punch him. He didn't kick him. He literally did a double leg takedown. He swooped, you know, swooped him down. And I, I thought that was a smart way to do it. Seamus has got to go over here. I mean, I'd love to see can we, Gable can we, win. All right, great. Listen, Black Bolt wrote, Seamus versus Chad Gable is going to be great. Black Bolt, do you really believe that? Uh, in your heart of hearts, do you really think this is going to be like a must-watch match? I don't care. It could be if they wanted to, if they gave it time. But Really? I, this is going to be we on the kickoff show. It? Do we care about either one enough? No, that's why I think this is going to be on the kickoff show. 
it's not against them. Again, we whenever we say this, guys, it's it's about like the creative not making. I'm just speaking for myself enough to care about these guys enough. Yeah, if they had a real storyline and you know a real feud other than just short jokes, yeah, it could be something. Could be something great. Like why? Why are you accepting something that we all know you're not accepting? Right. It does seem like though they want to position Sheamus as the guy who's going to be coming out of this looking like. I mean, Sheamus looks like a million bucks right now. Dude is ripped. Yeah, six foot six, whatever the hell he is, and shred it. Yes, he does. Former WWE champion, former world champion. Yeah. Yeah. Did y'all hear the uh, interview he did where he was talking about some of the ideas they threw at him when he wanted to bring the creative gave to him and trying to bring him back? Because Seamus knew the Mohawk was done in this interview, he says. And the Mohawk was done. He wanted to go back to his original music as well as original Celtic warrior music, and WWE would not allow him. But Raj, what was it? They wanted him to like swoop over his hair and shape up his mustache? or Yeah, they wouldn't have the like a little short mustache uh you know, comb over his hair, you know, to the side and then wear suspenders to the ring. So <laughs> his comment was like, you know, somebody in 205 Live already does that, right? Right. With Jack Gallagher. That's basically what they wanted to do is make him Jack Gallagher. Yeah. And uh, oh, my God, gosh, it's yeah. like the most stereotypical cartoony, you know, character for someone who's been on the main roster for so long to come up. That would have that yes. would have killed him. Yes. And P.S. Six, six. To whatever 70 great shape jack therefore he is a gimmick he's paid pale red hair that's plenty enough to stand out he doesn't need anything else <laughs> natalie what the f is creative smoke <laughs> no kidding I, I yeah mark said creative geniuses i think seamus legit I, I like where they're positioning him again here and i think we could see him carrying the world title again within within a year and i, I hope they go that route with him because seamus Yes. I mean, he does look the part. I'm not going to say he does. Yeah. I'm just saying they're past that, in my opinion. Age-wise. Okay. Yeah, I think well, the fact that he put them, they put him in a tag team for so long shows that they've kind of moved okay. past it. But then remember out of like left field, they gave like Kane the title? Yeah. Like, one more run in him there. Where, like Undertaker had the title, too, on SmackDown. And Kane, I think, went on Raw, something like that. Yeah. It was like when they were kind of past their prime. But then yeah. Undertaker and Kane here. Like, let's not put Right. Yeah. Well, Seamus is only forty-one. I mean, he's not. He's forty-one. Yeah, he's he's forty-one. He's only forty-one. So he's got you know that's still main event level. You've got a few more years to really still be be kind of in your prime there. I think yeah, so. WWE is also cautious with guys with injury issues. True. Seamus has had the neck and back issues. So. Yeah. yeah. I did not know he's forty-one. Go ahead, sorry. Yeah. So after this, we um, got an interview with Braun Strowman backstage, who, like all wrestlers, declared himself for the 30-man Royal Rumble and said he wanted to um, he deserves his title shot for the Intercontinental Championship after beating Nakamura. Um, this is followed up, and I'm going to kind of grump all the group all this together and get your opinions on it. We had Elias show up, was going to sing a song, got interrupted by Sami Zayn um, with uh, Shinsuke Nakamura with him as well, um, and Cesaro. Uh, they kind of go back and forth for a while, and then um, they get into a brawl, and then Braun Strowman comes out and cleans house. So what do you think about this segment, Matt? It seemed like there was a lot going on here. There was. They tried to jam pack five, uh, was it, 10 pounds of shit in a five-pound bag. <laughs> that, that's what that was. Yeah. And Braun Strowman should not be wrestling for an intercontinental title. Good Lord. He graduated this level, what, year two with that company. I don't know why he's even here. Yeah, I, I was. It was kind of interesting that he announced himself for the Royal Rumble because I thought they were going to have him and Nakamura at the Royal Rumble for the for the title because they're clearly building to that. It, you know. What would it do for him? 
Nothing. It's better on Nakamura than it would be Braun. Yeah. Braun doesn't need this title. He's bigger than this title. Yeah. I you mean, said – go ahead, Pat. Sorry. Do you know what I mean? Like, Braun should have been world champion. He should be an ex – like, two-time world champion by now, in my opinion. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, I get frustrated. I'm sure everybody does. But when they put him in Intercontinental title and we're supposed to pretend that we believe he'll be excited about winning that? No, he's not. Wait. His, you know, his butt with it probably backstage. <laughs> his off that this is what they're giving him. Yeah. That right. dude should be the whole truth and nothing but the truth as far as the man in that show. He should be at the top level. Yes. You sparingly. Yeah, I mean, not on yes. TV all the time. But yes, special dude. attraction. Um, has world title runs. Is always in that mix. 100%. Like Undertaker. You just pull him in yep. and out as needed. Uh, uh, Raj Giri with the controversial opinions on Twitter tonight said that he thinks the Intercontinental Championship is the best looking title in WWE right now, Raj, or all of wrestling? No, WWE. Okay, in WWE right now, that the IC title is the best looking title. It is a nice looking title. Okay. Some people are pointing out NXT UK, but I mean, come on, honestly, Ooh. no one watches it. <laughs> but I did, ironically, just watch it this past weekend, and I did know their, their belts yeah. in general are really nice on that show. They do look good. I, I am not as big of a fan of the IC title now. I think there's it's almost there's too much going on for me. It's like it's hard in photographs. It doesn't show quite as well. I don't think because there's like black lines and it gets dark. And um, I like simple. I mean, I think the titles are too big nowadays anyway. But I like. I mean, we saw the. We'll talk about the Rocky clip here in a second. But back in the day, the titles were slimmer, and I just love that really slim, sleek, clean look. Um, well, yeah, That's I just mean, my favorite of all time is the the winged eagle belt that Macho Man Hogan used to wear in the eighties. But uh, for today's belts in WWE, because they're all cookie cutter, they have the same sure. looking belt for the men and the women on, on both brands, just the colors change. So, And those stupid Spartan belts that I for the tag teams that I absolutely hate. I hate those, too. Um, really I nice. Long saying nothing can compete with the AEW World Championship. I, I, I do think that is the best looking title it in is. wrestling right now. It is. Kudos to uh, WWE tonight. Uh, had a nice little video package here uh, for the the recently passed um, WWE Hall of Famer Rocky Johnson. Um, I thought that was a great video package. If you haven't seen it, go out of your way to check it out because it was it was really cool. Um, after the break, we had Sonya Deville versus Alexa Bliss. Um, not much of this match. Alexa Bliss did pick up the win partway through. Um, Mandy Rose was up on the uh, top turnbuckle. She got knocked off and landed in the arms of her one and only Otis, and he licked his tongue uh, very oddly. Um, <laughs> Matt, what do you think about this segment? Creepy. <laughs> it's very uh, George Animal Steel Elizabeth, you know. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> kind of. What's old is new? Yeah, exactly. Actually, that really is. You're right, Rod. You may, you may be onto something with this. <laughs> They're setting up a little tease here between Sonya Deville and um, um, Mandy Rose to maybe kind of be parting ways pretty soon, huh? Yeah. It feels like that's what we're supposed to be thinking, yeah. yeah. Maybe Otis and Tucker, man. If Otis and Tucker part ways, uh, I feel bad for Tucker. Yep. Oh, he's done. Yeah. Poor guy. I, I think, he, I think he's I, good. He's just, he is he just good. doesn't have you know that charisma. He needs to change his look or come up with a new character or something. Uh, That's what will happen to him, unfortunately. Yeah. I feel bad for Otis if they break up too. Not because I don't think Otis doesn't have charisma. He's getting over this gimmick, which is again, a testament to uh, the athlete here and the, um, the talent. But I think once you pull away Tucker, you need that straight man to kind of work off the, the Otis dynamic. And I think they're a great tag team and you can do comedy stuff like this. Otis by himself would just become a running gag. It has a limited shelf life for yeah. sure, but I think he'd do well for a while. 
and then he could turn heel. You know, there's things you could do. Uh, you can make him serious again. You know, you could you could change him around. But I think this this could. I mean, this this storyline could make him a star. Fans are into it. Um, sure. I'm, I'm, I I don't really care either way, but the the fans are into it, and it, it's good. It's helping Mandy too. So our main event for the evening, Robert Roode versus Roman Reigns in a tables match where if Robert Roode wins, Baron Corbin gets to pick up the victory or pick the match stipulation for the Royal Rumble. Um, or if Roman Reigns wins, he gets to pick the match stipulation for the Royal Rumble. Um, and this was, a, they gave this about 20 minutes here, a lot of big moments, um, a couple of interferences, one from Corbin Stable, and then of course Roman Reigns had the Usos come out here. Um, but all culminating in, and I, at one point in the match they put over the fact that if they went through the announce table. That would count, which is a new rule to me. Um, but they did put over at the end here. Um, Roman Reigns did pick up the win by spearing Bobby Roode through a table. Um, Matt, how'd you feel about this main event tonight on SmackDown? I never liked to see Bobby lose, obviously. But nonetheless, this was good use of him. This is what Bobby is supposed to be doing. He's supposed to be wrestling, in my opinion, in main event matches, making the other talent look like a million bucks besides himself as well. Um, that's what he did tonight, which he won, but it is what it is. It's still, he was a big star tonight. He was the closing match. I agree a hundred percent, Matt. I felt like this did not hurt Bobby at all. If anything, it helped him rubbing elbows in the main event with Roman looking like a star, uh, you know, just, he just came across well. So, yeah. you know, what you were talking about, you always talk about Matt, uh, maximizing your moments. And I thought mm. Bobby Roode was doing that here. So, um, yeah, I, you know, again, Roman's a top guy. You shouldn't be beating your top guys all the time. It should be, mm-hmm. you know, rare. So I thought this uh, this was good. For, I, I actually thought they did a tables match because that's easy to beat someone like Roman. Yeah. Uh, because the easy way without because it beats him without really beating him. But, yeah. And yeah. that's why that was a good. You're not gonna call it a swear, but it was a very good misdirection in a way. Right. And because I thought the same thing. Maybe yeah. that's their intent. So it's, it's saying, my, they're setting up the mouse trap already for yeah. you know or a rabbit hole for poor Roman to fall in. You know what I mean right. for us viewers. And it's like, damn, they didn't even use, they didn't go there. Huh. Right. I had two major pet peeves with with this area. I think all the things you guys said. I think yeah, rude looked good. A lot of things worked with it. My two pet peeves are again when people do run-ins and these kind of no DQ matches. If you're the Usos, why does it take you so long after your opponent's few or your opponent's stable has come out? for you to get out to ringside, right? I mean, there was like this long period of time where Ziggler and, and Corbin had come out that finally so, the youth. I'm going to break this down for both of you. And it's not going to make sense, I promise. And it uh-huh. didn't when I first heard it. And the quote is because it's wrestling and I said so. <laughs> um, I mean, that's serious. Like, for instance, do you ever wonder, like, when a guy comes in, a uh, heel is doing talking smack about Babyface. Babyface fucking comes flying down the ring, ramp, hits the uh, ring hard, but the heel powders out of the ring. Why does the baby face stop with those ropes? Why does he not just climb through the ropes and continue to chase after the heel? Why does he stop when the heel powders out of the ring? And it's like, oh, if these ropes weren't in front of me, I would have got you, you know, because there's why when we take a guy and we shoot him off the ropes, he actually bounces back. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's so many, like, what ifs. It's because of the realm, this world of wrestling that we all live in. And uh-huh. we know there's certain rules that we kind of have to suspend their disbelief for and one of them is in this this case for instance for you know non-dq well why aren't they down there the whole entire match then 
Why doesn't he just bring the entire locker room down to the match? If he's the big dog and he's the captain of the locker room, doesn't he have more than the Usos then technically having his back? He should have four, all 40 wrestlers out there then. <laughs> That's a good question, Matt. Why doesn't he? <laughs> so this is what the answer would always be. Like Rip Rogers would always say, because it's wrestling. And I said so <laughs> when I'd ask these logical questions uh-huh. that no one would give me answers to. Um, and then they start using those examples I just gave you guys. Um, so it's suspension of disbelief. You know you're going along with it to a degree. But – Ultimately, this was set up. Obviously, you see why to to, to suspend everyone's disbelief, to build the empathy, the sympathy. For come on, are they going to come out? Is this guy's going to keep getting his ass kicked by three on one? This is bullshit. Come on, we're the Usos. Gets heat on the heels. Bigger pop for the baby faces when they finally hit because the anticipation. And you know, Michael, I'd actually argue that it's more realistic that the Usos didn't come out right away because it's less realistic when you know right on cue their music hits and they come out because. Would when they pass them in the in the gorilla? Right, that would, would mean they that they're running. They run, on cue. They run, find the music guy, and like, hey, hit my music right now. <laughs> then go run to gorilla, and come out within that instant. Well, Where are those passing them though on the way to go through the gorilla? Wouldn't they so, run right past them? Well, unless the Usos are doing something, mm-hmm. you know, they're backstage meeting with that's, Vince, or you know, like yeah. that's that's it, why they're a little bit late. Yeah, exactly. reasons. That's why they're late. All right, chances are they're not waiting. I'm a believer. Wrestling is <laughs> yes. I'm a believer again. My my belief has been suspended. But I, I will get my other nitpick out of the way here. And and again, all the good things. I think I want to enforce that those things were awesome that happened tonight. Bobby Roode looking good. Roman Reigns getting the win. But I always hate it too. I, a false kind of anywhere match is the big reveal here. I mean, I get it. He's a good guy, so he picks a match that's not quite so brutal. But I just hate this hype around. We're going to pick a big, big match type, and it's a false count anywhere. I don't know what I would have picked, right? Um, I don't know. It just seemed like a little bit of a letdown to me personally as a fan. Like, oh, a false count anywhere match. Ooh. It's a throwaway. I know. Right. right? Yeah. It felt random again. Yeah. What? Like you, like wouldn't you think like a dog collar match, like dog food and dog stuff, has been such for a big sure. and that's right. what they screwed up by using the strap match versus right. Brian versus Bray Wyatt, right? Yeah. You should have like, collar, like a dog collar match, right? Yeah, match. or if you had done like that dog collar match, you could have made the the Fiend versus Daniel Bryan a false kind of your wear match, and Daniel Bryan's whole thing could have been, I'm going to chase you no matter where you go, even to the Firefly Funhouse, right? That would be pretty funny, actually. Yeah, yeah. Just I mean, they're just picking the, the the steps that they always use when it doesn't make sense in the storyline. But hey, is a Firefly Funhouse under the ring? <laughs> Do we know? Could be. How, did Seth Rollins ever reveal how he got into it? I, that one episode, yeah, you remember like he, when he, he would have had to step into some portal or something, right? Yes. Yeah. It is a cartoon world. How did he get in there? Huh. That's uh. Seth hasn't been the same since. Now he's got a glove and (laughs) (laughs) got a sweet faction. Yeah. So that's Magnum's night overall. I think it was an entertaining show. I think there, um, you know, a couple of nitpicks you can always have, but there was some solid wrestling in it. It it moved forward logical storylines. It wasn't a can't miss show, but if you watched it, Mm. I think you were entertained. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I give it a strong B, strong B tonight, actually. I'm I'm exactly the same. I just felt like it was so easy to watch. Yeah, nothing was making me change. Want to change the channel? It, it went by pretty quick. I thought it, yeah. you know probably the second best show of the week for me. Uh, maybe that and Dynamite were you know up there as the top two. Same here. It, it's the pace of it too, Roz. This thing I noticed yeah. it went by much quicker than I expected it to tonight. 
Yeah, and that's the two hours, man. I think Raw, if if you just took two hours of Raw, it would be such a better show if they had that yeah. every yep. week. So a couple of quick news and notes to get to before we get out of here today. I'll start with the easy one at the top of the show here. Um, we talk about it every week, AEW versus NXT in the ratings. And drum roll, AEW's Bash at the Beach edition of Dynamite drew an estimated 940,000, thus beating NXT, who drew 700,000 this week. So um, that if you, if you look at the numbers here, AEW is down about 20,000 from last week. Um, Which NXT is basically was, even. Yeah. yeah, in the margin of error, NXT, the same kind of drop off from last week. So pretty much even here. But yeah, big win for AEW here. Yeah. So I think what you're seeing, you're, you're starting to see the number numbers settle. Like they don't have crazy out of the ordinary competition. And now you're seeing uh, and, and, you know, not really overloaded shows or anything. When NXT does a takeover like show, there's a good chance they're going to win. Or when they have main roster people, things like that. But just. A regular AEW and yeah. a regular NXT. AEW, this is kind of where they're at. AEW's in that mid-900 range. Uh, NXT is, you know, low 700s, and I think this is where it's settling in at. Um, I was surprised that NXT didn't do more this week to try to come back from last week's bad number. Um, you know, uh, you know, try to load it up a little more, but they're st- I guess they're sticking they're, to their guns. They're um, stuck with that tag tournament. That's the problem. They're mm-hmm. stuck with that. They can't just not have it. And they have they a lot of those U- UK guys that people don't see as stars. So as great as, you know. Um, Nobody knows but, who they are. Yeah, yeah, as great as some of those matches are. People don't know who they are, and no one cares. So you could do all the kicking out at two and, and all of that, but yeah. people don't care. They don't care. Uh, obviously a big week for AEW with the TV deal and everything. They're going to be making about close to $20 million more a year off of this new TV deal. Uh, it's $45 wow. million a year. But they're not doing production costs before the production costs were being covered. That equaled about $26 million a year. So now, so they're netting an extra $19 million a year. They're going to be profitable now uh, starting this year, which their first full year in on TV, and they're profitable. So that's huge. TNA never got there. Um, I mean, that's, it's just gigantic. And the length of this deal, too, was really good for them, too. It's through, what, 2023 or 2024? Yeah, 2023 with an option, 2024. Yeah. Which I think is a testament to TNT's belief in the strength of that brand and what what it's done for them. So that's the one incredible. bad thing, at least for me, is uh, they're going to be adding another show. So <laughs> AEW Dark is now either AEW Dark or something similar to it is going to be on TNT. Uh, Tony Khan has said he won't do it against the NFL, so it won't be on Monday nights, Sunday nights, or Thursday nights. And you know, Dynamite's on Wednesday, so that leaves. Tuesday, which has the NBA a lot on TNT, so it's probably not Tuesday. So then you got Friday and Saturday. So they need to do a not a magazine show, and I wouldn't even do dark. I, I, I was saying they should do being the elite. They should do something that's different. Yeah, that's and, what they claim they want to do is something that's different. We don't need to see a dark match show. Yeah, I mean, I can go. We can go on YouTube and watch. That's what it's there for. Yeah. It should be there. But like uh, being the elite or some a show like that. Impact did something like that for a while, right? With the they did the whole kind of behind the scenes and not you're like kind of that, though. Not like being the elite is being the elite's really out there. Um, yeah. Um, but we did have a pretty cool show. What was that called? Uh, Eric did it. What was it called? Yeah, it was it was really innovative. I thought for the time, which is why I wanted to call it, really it out. Was cool. Damn, yeah, what was the name of it? It, would, and it came on after Impact, but sometimes you'd have footage of other interviews. It, it felt like, real. It was like a mag. Yeah, it Eric started stealing the main event, like the last five minutes of the main event, yep. roll into his show. Which yep. Was smart <laughs> yep. and funny at the same time. That takes you would just let it happen. Yeah. I liked it. 
I liked it. Hey, hey, Matt, did you? We were talking about Motor City Machine Guns last Friday in the podcast. Did you hear um, the uh, um, talking about? Oh, we're going to talk about Impact Wrestling. Did you hear the Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions um, calling out? Said they'd love to fight against the Motor City Machine Guns. Yes, that's awesome. Alex Shelley's already. Alex Shelley's in NXT. Oh, I know. I know. I don't think it's going to happen. This is not like I'm not promising, but but we're talking about. Machine guns here. I figured you'd appreciate that. All right. Two other big, big pieces of news we wanted to get to. Um, so, of course, uh, you guys, I'm sure, talked about earlier in the week um, the comments Triple H made about Paige. Um, and Triple H um, owned up to it and said, do you have the comment? He said. Um, yeah, he apologized. He said he tweeted out, I've reached out to Paige to apologize. I made a terrible joke, and I'm sorry if it offended her or anyone else. So, um, you know. That's what you do. You say something you shouldn't say. You own up to it. Own it. Move on. Yeah, it was a dumb comment. He owned up to it. Um, obviously, as an executive, you got to be careful. You know? So, uh, but yeah, he apologized. It seems like Paige accepted it. Uh, so it's, uh, that story's done. Yeah, and there's there's some element too. Nick and I were talking about this on the Winkly. Um, you you make a, you read into that and you read it as a line, and you're like, God, he can't believe he said that insensitive thing, right? But there's also this element of like he was just, he's kind of just talking and sometimes ideas just hit you. And guys, I'm going to be very, very, very frank. I have heard that joke a thousand times for both girls and guys throughout my career. Thousands. But usually, but usually you say it about yourself, right? Like I, I right. might have kids that I, I don't know of or about guys. Like you might have kids. No, I've had, no, I've heard it said, I'm not going to mention the wrestlers names, but tons of male wrestlers and female wrestlers. I'm not joking. Um, but I, this, Back when I was there, uh, when was that? 2002, 2003, 2004. Right. And uh, honestly, in locker rooms as well, I've heard it. Um, playing basketball in college, I've heard that. Um, yeah, it's a very common. It's not, it's not dumbing it down or making it sound any better, but I, I yeah, that joke that he said has said, you know. For sure. And I think, you know, it's one of those things like if Dolph Ziggler said it. put it in an interview. You don't <laughs> say it in an interview. Right. You don't say it at all. Yeah. Period. And he and he said that. He said he owned up to it. Blah blah blah. But I was just. But anybody else in my head, I'm back in my head. I'm going. I bet you there's all these other people that I know. Yeah. I can list off the top of my head who I've heard say the same damn joke. That's probably sitting there pointing fingers at him right now. Right. Yeah. That's the thing I don't like. Yeah. Is when I know people that, that have said the same damn thing, pointing their fingers their way at somebody who says something and slips up and says something like that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they're all judgmental. I'm like you. You've said that. I've heard you say. It. You know what I mean? Well, and I, I think to the, to me, the thing about this whole conversation is he, he's an executive and, and he's towing that line between talent and executive. And he's got to learn to kind of rein it in sometimes. I don't think people took it to say that he was calling Paige out for her previous habits. And I believe that's putting a lot of meaning on this. To your point, Matt, it's a joke people use. Doesn't excuse what he said. But I don't know that I would read into it that he said that joke because he was commenting on her history. I think he was really? just making Do a terrible joke. you think he would have said that about Ronda Rousey or Stephanie McMahon? I don't think he would say anything about either one of those because he Lynch. considered <laughs> – um, I could, I could see him making that comment offhandedly because of his nature about – a ton of different talents and you don't want to say it because then you're yeah yeah right like i, I don't think you would say it about ronda rousey it, or it, stephanie it was because exactly, he, wa- it, he walks on p's and q's around them right but it's a you know it's something that i could totally see triple h saying it back in the day in a promo you know yeah. but you know that was his character he's an executive now it was dumb it was not the cover he did the right thing by right. immediately owning and up. that is right and by apologizing publicly you know i think that yeah. it was dumb but he's he apologized or, I, it sucks for Paige because I know she, 
she went through depression and everything with all that stuff that she happened. She's chilling, minding her own business, and freaking boom! Like right? what the hell? Yeah. And then it all comes out again, and then you know, Leave me alone. The internet, you know, with the the fans <laughs> online, and then they're like, seriously, what the hell did I do? Like, I'm minding my business. <laughs> I'm here running. A, I'm doing a show backstage at Fox. Life is good again. Yeah. yeah. Leave me alone. Like that's what I would be like. Like, come on. I feel so bad for her sometimes. And I hope that's the lesson that Triple H learns here, which is again, you've you are you are an exec now, right? Even if you wrestle sometimes, you've gotta be better about minding your you can't just be one of the boys sometimes, right? And this is the the very opposite. I appreciate Triple H owning it, apologizing. That's what you gotta do in these situations. Um, of course, controversy surrounding impact world champion Tessa Blanchard has been brewing all week, and she released a statement. Um was that was released yesterday um yesterday evening she said i hope everyone will take a moment to read this over the last week i have been accused of calling a fellow wrestler a racial slur to read this allegation has been personally upsetting to be clear i absolutely did not use that word that word is not in my vocabulary that word is not in my heart racism is not in my heart yet i know many people have to deal with racism in a way i will never have to racism is an awful part of american history and it is equally awful that it's still part of our society today while I do not do what was claimed, while I did not do what was claimed, I stand ready to use my platform to support the fight against racism however I can. Tessa Blanchard. So, you know, uh, it's, she said, she said. So, um, mm-hmm. but Tessa, you know, uh, I know Tommy Dreamer was saying that Tessa at the time was dating Ricochet and, and, Tommy Dreamer does not, who works with Tessa all the time, says he's never heard her. Or, there's an inkling that she's racist in any way. So I, you know, um, but, you know, the other some women who were there say she used it. I, none of us were there. Well, you know, we'll never know. I think my big problem with this statement is... Um, whether or not it's the she said, she said thing, right? Um, there's a lot of that going on. It also completely fails to address the fact that she's also been accused, not just of racism, but of just being a general, not great locker room partner for a lot of women over the last few years. And so what? I've had a locker room guy with such big a-holes, you wouldn't believe it. Yeah, I don't think that's something that you need to be apologizing publicly about. That's something that's... You handle person to person. Co-worker that you had, or the job you had, had to apologize for not being overly nice well, to you? Well, no, I mean, that, yeah, I 100% agree I you handle it person to person. But what they've said is that she has not handled it person to person. Because I agree. I don't want well, my well, beef that, putting that's up their there business. Either. That's their you know, business. That's, you know, that's. You know uh, what I mean? Like, so you got to, like, come on. Enough's enough sometimes. Yeah. Not everything has to be uh, yes. drawn out on the internet and publicly, you know, public you know, uh, salvation and things like that. You know, sometimes people are going to be jerks to other people. Some people it, not- does, it softens it up when something big happens. Like if someone really did, is this really did happen? Let's say, and she did really drop the, you know, the end bomb on her and say that to her. That's yeah, that's horrible. But then the other stuff that's added in and saying, well, she was really nasty to me. She was really mean to me. You start to take away from what the original comment was. Does that make sense? It, 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 I don't know. Yeah, and someone point, you know, Revolution One Sixty One pointing out that Shawn Michaels was a big prick back in the day, and I guarantee you he's not issuing public statements. You know, like no, uh, my, uh, Michael, you're, 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 you're muted. I don't even want to say what he looks like. He was just oh doing. wait, you can't hear me, could you? Sorry, I put on my cough <laughs> microphone. Slow mo. <laughs> so I'm very animated I'm when I speak. Down. 
Shawn Michaels has not, to your point, right? We don't want to confound being a jerk in the locker room to making a racist statement. And I, I agree, Matt. I think yeah. what you're saying is going back and apologizing for everything, lose a side of this thing. But she has said she hasn't done anything. And I think my point is Shawn Michaels has come out before and said, I regret the way I've acted in previous like, podcasts. Way after later. the fact. Yeah, this is way later. Well, this is after his career was over, he was saying that. But that, but he still did it, though. I guess my point is, yeah, growth so is a, Tessa, if she says it, but you don't need to. Growth is a human being. I, I, I yeah, will fight her. you on this all day, but growth is a human being. I think you you own that. I mean, I make and mistakes. That's up to her, though. That's you on, know? exactly. That's on her to do. That, I I agree. I, I want to. I like, tell you what I don't like. I don't like when people do it in a phony manner. I agree with that. One hundred percent. Believe what they're saying. It's like, man, I want to shut my computer down. I don't. I don't want. I don't, we see that every day in politics, and it drives me up the wall. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. That's I, not what I'm suggesting. Is, I'm, I'm not suggesting a, a fake statement out there. I'm not saying that. Be honest about it, and just and just own it. Yeah. People can identify with that. People forgive. Yeah, and she had. She did say earlier in the week, like she, you know, she nobody's perfect, and yeah, and things like that. I, I did but, she, but I think that even that comment was a little more like nobody's perfect, not like. I've grown as a human being. She doesn't but, need it, but she, that's not for her to. Her to okay. do she the N-word do. and those things, yeah. Yes, you're, you're, you know, but then how do we, we're running a podcast here, guys. Like, look, seriously, right. we're we going to tell somebody. To, <laughs> and I will say this, too. Like, I heard those stories about Tessa back. Their lives and what the <laughs> right. Somebody will listen. listen and they and real quick, I, I do have one more thing I want to bring up. But, uh, like, I did hear those stories about Tessa back in the day years ago. And that's why WWE didn't sign her. And that's why, you know, she, all these companies were not touching her. Because she's I mean? have not heard those the past couple of years. Uh, you know, all the people in Impact love her. Uh, Gail Kim, uh, you know, congratulated her after her match. You know, uh, it, it's just been, I have not heard a negative thing about Tessa from her current coworkers in years. Gail is a straight shooter for the record. I, I will say that. If Gail vouches for it or something to it, same with Tommy. Those are two straight shooters. They have nothing to lose by putting her over. Yeah. Um, real quick, Matt I, and, and Michael, uh, did you hear Booker T's comments about Tessa winning the Impact World title? No, what did he say? He said, it showed up on my YouTube feed. I didn't click on it, though. I should have. He said it is the worst idea in Impact Wrestling history. Uh, he says that Tessa's really good. Uh, she's, you know, she's a great wrestler, but the intergender stuff, that's something that should be left on the indies. It's just not believable. Um, cool. it, it just makes uh, wrestling look like a joke. How far uh, removed is Impact from the indies, I would argue. Yeah, that's. I mean, that is a good point. I'm not uh, trying I was, to be a smart ass. That's my old company. I love them, but they're not yeah. the same company. And I was talking to Ryback on his podcast. We discussed this. He agreed. He was saying the same thing. That it's just not believable. It, it's just, you know, in in when you're trying to do the equality with men and women, you should be trying to make those those titles equal, the women's title and the men's title. Yes. And uh, but by having the intergender stuff, if you if you have a man working a real match with a woman, like you know how they work with men. Then that involves punching and kicking, and showing a man punching a woman. I just think I does not play that. well outside of wrestling. No, I'm in wrestling. I don't want to see it. Right. I mean, it just it. You show that visual. Time I watched a Ronda Rousey fight, I was very uncomfortable. Like, well, probably sounding like such a wish right now, but like, it made me very uncomfortable. Yeah. Watch these two girls. I've never seen an MMA, a female MMA fight before. They were killing each other. I was like very uncomfortable. Asked my wife. We were uncomfortable as hell watching it at first. Well, then, I think you know, it's like no big deal. We watch it every time. There's, you know, female MMA fighters. Right. I think true equality too. To Raj's point is, 
when you're the women's champion, I, I wanted if they got an interview Tessa in the post game scrum, which they should, obviously didn't do. I wanted Nick to ask Tessa, why is it more important for you to win this world title than the women's world title? Like if you've been a women's world title, like you should want that to be the championship and that should be the most important thing in the world to you, not winning the other genders title because that still makes it seem like women are a right step behind the men. So, uh, do you see what he's saying in that though? Like it, I. I because Kurt Angle's won that title, Sting's won that title, so and so's won that title. It, it, I get why she would want it, right? But if you know, hey, women are—I don't know—we've got to win. Ronda Rousey could beat the crap out of most guys, right? But, but UFC would never book Ronda Rousey against a, a male. Brock Lesnar versus any of these guys, Tito Ortiz or, or anybody like, like like big. No, but like, okay, Ronda Rousey versus you know, no offense, Michael, you. Um, <laughs> Oh man, that offends me. No, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. any, 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 any Tom, you know, Dick and Harry off the street, she would gut, she would kill him. Um, that's believable. Right, I agree. But I hundred percent agree. Yeah. All so, right. Any anything else, Raj? Before we get off the air here. Uh, yeah, uh, Dylan LeBlanc bringing up that Impact got banned from Twitch. I don't know if you saw the segment, uh, oh. Matt. But Rob Van Dam had the segment with Katie Forbes. And, I did uh, see that. Is always making out with her backstage with what's his name and doing a promo. No, this was different. This was his celebration. They had to censor it. Yes. He had them both pretty much naked on him. uh, And they had to, like, you know, digitize uh, Katie Forbes' boobs. And and, uh, it was the raciest thing I think I've ever seen on TV. Probably worse than anything I've seen in the Attitude Era. It reminded me a lot of some of those, like, real real scandalous skits we used to see back in 98, 99. I saw something where What's-His-Name was doing a pre-tape backstage. Um, What's-His-Name? Big Jack kid um, for Impact. Does all the high Oh, Brian stuff. Cage? Yeah, that dude is jacked. Uh, Brian Cage was doing, like, a pre-tape backstage. And, like, in walks Rob Van Dam with his ballet. <laughs> and they just start, like... Look like they're dry humping on the couch right next to him. No, this is different. This was just this week. Check it out on Wrestling Inc. It's a, it's a, it's about Twitch banning Impact. So Impact has this partnership with Twitch, and they banned uh, Impact from Twitch. Twitch banned Impact from their channel because of that segment. So is Twitch a TV channel or is it internet? It's, it's like kind of like YouTube, but more for gamers. And so for a while before they got back on access, right. that was the main p- way people watched the show because they were on that other pursuit that no one has. Pursuit. So a lot of people were just watching live on Twitch. Uh, so like I said, impact is not the impact that I was at. I'll tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> you got to see that segment. RVD. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I think his character. Why is he even back? Huh? What's that? Why is he even there? Why is Rob Van Dam even there? I guess if you can have sketches where you're half naked with porn stars, I mean, what? No, they're not porn stars. <laughs> is that stars. his yeah. No, they're not porn stars. That's and I didn't. I didn't. But I just mean oh, more the porn element of it. They're not porn stars. No, this is girlfriend. It, it might be his yeah. wife. They they were saying yeah. they were married. So yeah. No. And then the other girl, they've he said that she's their their girlfriend. So. He he looks like he's, in real he life? looks like he's having the time of his life. Over he does. There. God yeah. bless him if that's you know yeah, his deal. Good. But again, why is he with Impact? Probably because he he you work once a month, you can do what you want, you know. It's he ain't making any cheese. Mm. Yeah. They don't have any. Yeah. Mm. Awesome. Well, I think that's it, guys. 
want to thank everybody for who joined us live in the chat room tonight. Um, everybody listening, um, we appreciate you. If you have not, please give us a five-star rating and a review on iTunes. Um, rate us, review us, follow us, subscribe right here on YouTube as well. We appreciate that. Uh, appreciate all the support. Um, I guess this, you would ask the question. All right. Wait, wait real um, quick. Who's Rich Piana? Oh, my God. Wrestling fans. He doesn't know who Rich Piana is. Uh, Rich Piana is a good friend of mine who passed away. Oh, sorry. Um, no, no, about a couple years ago. Um, he's the owner and proprietor of uh, 5% uh, Nutrition. I'll get into that next. You guys have got to uh, come back and tune in on our next podcast. Which was my next one? Monday? Yeah. Monday Night Raw, we will. All right. So we will be back Monday night. He is um, BP at BP Matt Morgan. He is at Raj Geary underscore 303. I am at The Real Wiseman. We will catch you right here next time on Wrestling Inc. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if if you don't win your first bet, BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.